What a blessing. Five testimonies. Thank you, madam. I felt, um, in fact, uh, when I greeted Ava earlier, I was, I was rejoicing, just as all of you are, that um, she's here today and that God has really touched her over this past week. But right after I said hello to you, I felt the inclination of the Spirit to ask the Lord to, um, to touch all of you who are believing for a complete measure of freedom in your life, whether it's in physical scenarios or in some other kind of, um, of aspect of your existence where things are better, but they're not fully where the Lord wants them. And, um, of course, you've got to... Uh, that's another story. <laughs> when it comes to healing, God wants to set you free. But in other circumstances, there may be something that's going on in your life and God's providing for you, but he wants you to wait there for a minute or a little while, seems like forever, before the next thing opens. So I'm not saying that we should view this, what we're going to pray about, from a natural perspective. Um, because sometimes our, our own inclinations and our mind can, can want things that God's saying, you just wait. That's happened to me a lot in my life. How about you? And uh, when I've waited, then God opened the perfect thing, and if, he had, if I had ran, run ahead into some other solution, I would have never found what God really wanted. But in regard to healing, God wants you to be free. And so if there's something in your life that you know God uh, needs to set you free in, and you've seen a measure of his touch, but there's, there's something further that he wants to do physically, in physical healing, I want you to just agree right now with me, because I felt the Lord really stir the waters for this. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for the way that you have provided for your people and for the way that we have known measures of improvement but you set us free, and you, uh, whom the Son sets free, is free, but you're free indeed. We want the completion of all that you want. So whether it's in Ava's life or anybody else's life in this place today or joining with us online, may the healing touch of the Lord bring a complete freedom for you. And Father, I speak this forward into the lives of this people now on behalf of what you have put in my heart. And I believe that there's something you're doing. And I know that, um, that God, you are, you are leading us in pathways that will correct scenarios and strengthen us in ways that we've needed to be strengthened. So I speak that measure of understanding and application into our lives as well. Lord, you need your army to be fully functional for the days ahead. So we speak that life and vitality and perfect healing in Jesus' name. And we rebuke any kind of, of um, peripheral type of influence or attack that would try to discourage us. Father, greater are you that is in us than what is in the world. And so we speak life and health even now in Jesus' name. And in the scenarios of our life, Father, I thank you for the testimonies of how you have 
brought resolution and how you've brought favor and how you've increased salaries and how you've adjusted things for our benefit. I speak the, a measure, an overflowing impartation of your anointing that those types of things will happen in abundance in the remainder of this year and, and that, that you're going to supply your people and you're going to cause us to, to know the abundance of our Father. And let us be wise with that abundance. And let us be those who give you thanks and recognize that it is you that has done this. And I thank you for this, Father. So I speak that blessing now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And can we all say in agreement, amen. Let's say it. Amen. Let's say it one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said it four times. Of course, since Scott was up here, Sam, I should just say it five times. Amen. Amen. No, it's said six times. <laughs> I almost said it again. He said the word. Well, while we're, uh, while we're doing things before we get into the word, um, I wanted to make a declaration over you as well. Um, you know, every year about this time, there seems to be some kind of wacky maneuvers the enemy tries against this house. And um, it, he doesn't just wait till the end of the year, but there, there's just spiritual warfare that's going on all around us. And uh, we're not afraid of that, but we're not ignorant of it either. And uh, so yesterday we were here in prayer and Debbie Kay came and told me that there were some strange items out there by the steps. And... Um, and there was a broken mirror. I mean, it was just obliterated. And there was a kind of a, a joint, uh, not, a phys not somebody's body, but there was a, a, a pipe joint there. And then there was, uh, there was an emblem off of a Chevy that was there. And they were all in a little pile there. So I told her that I'd go out and get it which I did, but I went to get my jacket first because I wanted to be warm while I was out there. So I went out and I got it and I declared the blood of Jesus over it and I blessed whoever had done that. And you say, well, that's just kind of a, you tell me how a circumstance would put those three things together. I mean, it just doesn't happen. It was right by our steps. There have been times where we've had broken mirrors thrown out in the playground, big broken mirrors. You remember that. There have been bloodshed. There have been animal sacrifices. There have been people that have bled all over the front doors. I've got pictures of that. And, and you know, we don't worry about that. We're not afraid of it, but we're not ignorant of it either. So today, you know, and I, so yesterday I got these things. I pled the blood of Jesus over it. I bless those for whatever. Who uh, I bless the people, whoever did that. Um, and uh, so this morning in prayer, I declared blessing over what the enemy was trying to stop and I want you to be in agreement with me. first of all I come against any kind of an attack against you and your vehicles or in any kind of transportation that there would be no accidents that there would be no blindsiding that there would be no uh, type of evil device that would come against any of us in transport in any way I also speak that there would be uh, a perfect commune between the Father and us that we would look into the living word and that we would have no confusion whatsoever and that also we would, 
we would see him, that we would see through the glass darkly, that we would not have any cutoff between our relationship with the Lord, that there be no division, that there would be no confusion, no occlusion or any kind of blinding of the eyes. We speak life and liberty into what God wants to do in those things. And then your word, Father, says that every joint would supply. Uh, and, and I speak that that supply would be wonderful across the, the nations and within this house, within the Saints Network, that uh, the joints would supply and that there would be no break, that there would be no separation. That, you know, and one of the tactics of Beelzebub's try to, to, to uh, disturb the flow of what God wants. And I, we come against that as well, that we would have every joint supply and that there would be supply for the people to supply. So I speak those blessings and every other blessing over you and that what the enemy intended for evil is being turned for the good. Now you say, well, that could just be a happenstance. That could just be some, some airhead that did that. Well, that's true. Well, we bless them, but I just don't, you know, I read Mad Magazine for years and I never, I never read in that chronicle that that would be something that airheads would do. Um, and, you know, so I just wanted to share that with you. I thought, well, I could just do this. You know, we, we had a point of agreement, and I, I'm the pastor, so I have the authority to do that here. But I just thought I'd let you participate in that as well and to be, uh, to be open to whatever, uh, whatever God wants to do in blessing you. So I speak that blessing over you. I speak that you would have safety. I, I speak that you would have no, no issues that would come up that would threaten your life in any way. I speak that you would have open commune with the Father and insight into the Word and that there would be no division or separation of that. And I also speak that God would supply for every need you have and that you would have an abundance, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and that God would let us know how we're su to supply and that He would accentuate that supply. You know, you, you realize I don't make issue of this very often, because it would sound prideful, but we're just us kids talking here. Uh, I, 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 we don't make a big deal about this, but this, this base here, this remnant here, is, is constantly being a source of blessing for people and for churches and for individuals around the world. Um, we don't get up and blow the horn when we do something for people. But I, I'm, I'm always astounded at how God allows the supply here to, to bless individuals and ministries in other parts of the nation and around the world. I was just speaking with a brother on the phone um, from many miles away from here. And... Um, the Lord caused there to be one of those points of blessings for this brother uh, a few months ago. And he was telling about how that after he went back to his home, um, that the blessing really overwhelmed them. And that through that then, I saw that God was making connections and furthering the work of the Lord in, in several nations. So... Um, I say that for, for this purpose. We need to be blessed because God promised to bless, but we need to be supplying. 
and be obedient to where the Lord says to supply. Now, now we do that for the Lord. We do that for the work of his kingdom. But I'm telling you that when you do that, it, it, it's, like a, it's like a suction. You know, it's kind of like the old priming of the pump that we used to have to do when I'd visit my grandparents in West Virginia. If you wanted to be able to get that pump in the sink, seems like another planet now, to produce any water, you had to prime the pump. You had to pour water down in it, and then the water would come up out of the, out of the uh, aquifer below. And, but when you give, and when you supply in obedience to the Lord, then that, you do that for him, but the physics of the kingdom is that it draws more supply in. And, and so it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, one of the things we're going to talk about when we eventually get to the Word is um, the, the season of prayer that the Lord is leading us into for this posturing for breakthrough and protection for, um, for our efforts that God would put a hedge around us. But, um, but in that, uh, I, I believe that we need to truly be in prayer for how, how we're to sow into lands. Like, for one, for one thing, um, I told you last week that um, we had settled upon a, a good location for the theater that the Saints Network is going to rent in Sao Paulo. And I told you last week that even after we had pretty much agreed on terms, that the manager of that theater just is refusing to work with us, which is really weird. And Rose came up and gave me a word from the Lord at the end of the service, which really made a whole lot of sense to me. Usually when Rose talks, it makes a whole lot of sense to me, always. Um, well, except for that one time. Uh, <laughs> but I recognized that I knew something was weird about it, but I recognized that we really, even in the decision of that theater or whatever theater location we're going to be in, that we need to be in prayer even now because we're... We need the right place. We need the perfect location that God has chosen in that largest city in South America. And we need to know this God's money where, where we're going to invest from the Saints Network into. And uh, so yesterday, I had an early morning meeting with uh, one of the pastors down there, and Yowali, and we talked about some locations that they were going to look out in this next week. So yesterday... He and his family went and looked at one of these and sent me back pictures and videos, and it was just so wonderful. I was so grateful for that. And, and I recognized that's probably not the place, and the Spirit began to say, this is why. It's a beautiful new theater, but it's not big enough. There's not enough room for ministry. There's not enough room for proscuneo. And, but, but to be able to see that and to pray for them as they're going, uh, they're emissaries of the kingdom. So I, I, I see that in every decision we make, it can't just be in the mind since we know this is, this is what we're supposed to do and that, that there, are, there are a lot of influences at work that would try to keep the message that God has given us from being sown into that nation, which will then ignite the entire continent as well as many other nations. Um, I, I know I've been praying about the, the connection between Brazil and, and Portugal and then into Spain. We did activations about that 
um, decades ago. I have pictures. Kelly was there. Well, we did activations there in, in Barcelona. And uh, the commissioning, you know, we can talk about colonialism and, and the, the, the evil ways that that was used. But we've sewn into that connection. And I believe that we're going to see miracles of connectivity in the spirit, the supply, as it were, that we're going to just be amazed by. But we need to be a people of prayer. And we need to recognize that um, whatever the enemy would try to do to block and hinder that, how do we, how do we secure that? How do we secure the supply and, and the functionality of what we need to be? Well, number one, we need to be remaining in prayer. We cannot ever begin in the spirit and continue in the flesh. We've been warned about that in the scripture. Even though our intelligence, and every one of us has it, and our minds can deduce a strategy. Even if it's a strategy that God said, okay, I want you to do this. How many times in the word did we see that God positioned people to do something and then the spirit says, hold it, wait. We're gonna make, we're gonna call an audible here. Instead of going there, you do this. Instead of doing it this way, you do that. We've gotta stay in the spirit and we've gotta continue in prayer so that we can be what the Spirit says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. There's, there's twofold thing there. You've got to keep your ears open so you're hearing, but then you've got to recognize what the Spirit is saying, or lego. So it's not just hearing. It's understanding the strategic directives of the Spirit that he would say, do this and do that. So we need both of those. Jesus spoke that into every one of the seven uh, of the seven churches of Asia, but he also said it other times. And it was one of the wonderful things that Jesus said regularly. So we need to keep that flow with the Spirit going so that, uh, first of all, we are loving the Father and we're, we're hearing from him and we're communing with him and we're speaking his mysteries and we're able to understand his word. We need that, but it's only through that that then we know how the Spirit is directing us. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is Lego. So we need both of those things. So you can't just have the Lego if you're, if you're, if you're not communing with the Spirit. So we have to have this lover and warrior again. And so we need to be praying in the Spirit. And then we just need to be sensitive to obey what God says. Every now and then there will be some wacky wrinkle that we encounter like what I said about this crazy whatever that was out there um, it's it's comical sometimes to see what the enemy tries to do you know he's messing with broken windows and auto parts and you know plumbing supply and we're dealing with the powers of the world to come we're dealing with the throne of God we're dealing with things that will never pass away we have the greater that doesn't mean that you dismiss the functionality of what you see the enemy trying to do because you can turn that for the good. You can turn that just like what we did today. And when the enemy intends one thing, God turns it for the good. It, how many times did we see that in Word? We've preached about that, you know? Um, like Joseph said, you know, you intended it for evil, but God turned it to the good. The enemy comes in one way. He flees in seven. You, you don't look for the enemy behind every tree. But when you see something obvious and the Lord lets you see it, you turn it for the good. 
because that's the way God allows things uh, to be in the kingdom. And I think there you see God winking, and you see God laughing at his enemies. And uh, it, it really is kind of humorous in a way. We don't take it lightly, but we serve the greater. We serve the Almighty One. Every tongue will confess and every knee bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we rejoice in that. It's that exuberance Katie was speaking about earlier. So um, we're going to go into the Word now. Um, and if Scott would go ahead and put that, uh, uh, that passage up there on the screen. I want to thank him and I want to thank Sylvie for getting that PowerPoint ready. And even now, I speak blessing into Sylvie's body. And I come against that attack against your back. And I speak life and health, and I speak a permanent fix for your, for your sacroiliac joint and your back. And uh, this has gone on for too long. You've been faithful. It's not kept you from doing any of the work the Lord's given you to do. But let this be a week of resolution for you. And while you're at it, Father, keep Luke strong and healthy as well. Don't make him too strong or we won't be able to deal with him. But keep him strong. <laughs> Oh, it's Luke. We joke around with each other every week, so he's used to that. Um, so, I we're going to talk about fasting today and uh, a regimen that I believe God is going to be bringing us to for uh, the, the, the months to come. We're coming into a season of breakthrough. Uh, we're coming into a season where we are going to be partnering with the Lord to see incredible dimensions of His Spirit work, amazing miracles, and uh, unforeseen pockets of uh, blessing, handfuls on purpose, groups of people, hunger that God has put in churches and in pastors. We're going to see that built up in, in, a, in, a, in an amazing way. But we, we know that's happening. But what do we do in regard to that eventuality? And so, then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then shall they fast. No man puts a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runs out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Um, it's, it's funny that um, Jesus talked about <clears throat> something that is, a, is an overwhelming spiritual principle here. Um, his, these people came and said, why aren't you fasting like John the Baptist's disciples fast? And Jesus said, well, we just read this. Jesus said, my my disciples are not going to fast while I'm with them. 
But then he goes right into this concept of a new garment and new wine. And we must not look past this principle because when we go, it's kind of like a cyclical thing. There are three factors here. We commune with the Lord. We love Him. We enjoy Him. We gain insight, directive, and we have victory. God brings victory, and we rejoice in that. But then immediately He says, it's time for you to fast so that I can commission you with a new garment. Uh, nothing wrong with your old garment, but you know, there's, there's a change. Why would there be a change? Well, first of all, there's promotion. And anytime, usually, there's a promotion, something in your garment in the military is going to change. There's going to be a designation that indicates you've been promoted. And um, also, we read about in the Old Testament that when there's a, there's a, a new season coming, that you take the old garments that are rolled in blood from the, the battles and from the victories that you won, and you burn them before the Lord, and that's a point of contrition, that's a point of thanks, it's an offering of sorts, and then you gain a new garment for what's coming. And, and so we're, we recognize that uh, on the heels of the victory that the Lord has given and the blessing that the Lord has given, it's time then to receive a new commissioning which with new garments, and it's, 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 we read about that in, in the, the writings to the, uh, the seven churches where the, the Laodiceans were, were talked, you know, you're rich, you, you have need of nothing. You look at yourself and you think, look how God has blessed me. And the Lord said, don't you know that you, you should really become uh, contrite before God? Don't you know that you're really naked? You need to have new garments. You need to be a people that are freshly outfitted and you need to, you need to be ready to move forward in a new. You just can't wait in the blessing that God has given us. Uh, or the way God has touched you. It's the lesson of the, of the communion table. You want unleavened bread. You don't just sit around and talk about the, the, the Mrs. Bairds that you have, that, oh, man, that's just so good. We've got so much bread here. It's great. No, you've got to have unleavened bread because you're looking forward to a new walk in grace. So you enter into a fast for God to get you ready. And I remember speaking from this passage some of you were here uh, probably about 24 years ago and I remember we were having all kinds of fasts in those first few years we were silly with it and we would call fasts and we did uh, Daniel fasts regularly it's not that we've forgotten how to do them I, you know I don't dream up hey you know let's have a fast it's got to be directed by the Lord. Otherwise, you're just Pharisaicing. You know, you're, you're just having fast, so people think, hey, look at them, they're fasting. But I remember preaching on this passage once, and I warned the people, look, God is calling us into a new thing. We're, we didn't really know what was in, ahead of us, but we're being changed, and there's new wine. And we were talking about the Kainos wine, and we were talking about the Kainos testament, and we were talking about those things from the Word, and, you know, there were those who said it wasn't scriptural, but we know it was. It was, all, it, were, it was all through the Word. But I warned the people, you know, every time we fast, we lose people. Every time we fast, pretty soon there'll be people in the flush section, and they'll be gone. 
So I'm warning you before we enter into this fast, stay out of that back row and, and don't you, you watch yourself because you'll get sucked out. You remember those days? And lo and behold, if the next service, you'd see people sitting back there with a check in their spirit and they'd be ready to, they'd be gone. And you'd think, what else can you do? You warn people, this is God's progression. Why didn't you chase those people? Why didn't you go after them? Because it wouldn't have done any good. And secondly, God told me audibly, don't chase people and don't defend me. <laughs> what are you going to do? So, and then we went into the study over the years about what fasting really does. Fasting works meekness in us. Where we lay ourselves before God, we lay ourselves out before God, we die to self so that we can let him take whatever he wants and that we'll be more sensitive to him. It really is the menu of the prophetic because any person that's going to receive from God prophetically or be prophetic has to. The spirit of, spirit of prophecy is the martyria of Jesus. It seems I read that somewhere. How was Jesus prophetic? He died to self to do the will of the Father. So there's a measure of dying that we have to all die daily. It's not morbid. It's not a morbidity. But it's our willingness to lay ourselves out. Every now and then, when God is saying, I'm, gonna, I'm leading you into a new pathway, there's going to be new responsibilities, and there's going to be new harvests, God says, you, you need to fast now because uh, we're moving out of this point of jumping up and down and rejoicing in the blessing of God. There's still that happening, but you need to know you've got to prepare yourself before me for what's coming. If you're going to receive the garments that I have proportioned for you, you're going to have to fast. If you're going to want to be able to participate in the harvest of the new wine, you're going to have to fast. Otherwise, you're, you're going to miss it. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Why did John the Baptist people fast all the time? Well, we should know that, but let's just kids talk about it. John had a specific point of ministry for a specific time. He was serving the advent of Jesus, and he was facilitating under the directive of the Father that righteous invitation as a friend of the bridegroom for Jesus to do what he was doing for that three and a half years period. John was arguably doing that during those decades before. They were cousins. They obviously interacted with one another, but you know, you know that story. So John's guys were fasting right then because something new was coming. Jesus was talking about how we continually move with him as his disciples, and we're changed from glory to glory. Note that, change. You want a visitation of the glory? You've got to be changed. Isn't that right? It's true. So how do we change? We go before the Father. We say, search me, O God. Try me. Let me be before you as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, which is our reasonable service. And that, that measure of fasting is there. And why would people leave back then? This is not happening anymore now because you guys are, we're a core I, I, I never wanted people to leave. I, I grieved when I'd see people leave. Well, most of them. I, I, would, I would grieve. Some of them said, Whew. 
glad they're gone. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. A little bit. Um, but, you know, the thing is that, um, you know, you get to a point where you've got to say, I'm willing, Lord. Like the, the, the rich young ruler came to that point. Jesus didn't talk about fasting, but in a way he did. Sell everything you have. Get rid of everything you have. And if that's not a fast, boy, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a fast? Rose might have some words for me after service on that one. I want you all to sell everything you have and just give it away to this week. Sam, get, get started on that. I know how much those military guys make. Just get rid of all of it. And, um, and wouldn't that be a fast? I think that is an ultimate fast for the rich young ruler. And follow me. And that guy went away sad because he had much goods. He, he would not follow the Lord. And I'm not faulting that guy. I mean, that, that must have been a shocker coming at night to the Lord and, and the Lord say that to him. But to a degree, if you're going to follow the Lord into new, new measures of horizon, you've got to be willing to at least submit yourself and say, what do you want, Lord? What is it that you want? I, I'm, I surrender in meekness every point of strength that you've given and even points of, of things that I've relied upon. And some folks would say, I'm not willing to do that. And I bless them. It doesn't say that the rich young ruler is living in hell right now. He obviously was doing good things, and I'm sure God loved him. But if you're going to follow the Lord with his disciples, which was basically what Jesus was offering him, you've got a higher standard, don't you know? You've you got a higher standard. There are many different dimensions of serving the Lord. And you can go as far with God as you're willing to allow yourself. And you're going to fulfill what he wants, but that there are many instances where people um, aren't willing to go further in the Lord. It doesn't mean that they're doomed to hell. It just means that they're not willing to go further. God's the judge. I'm not going to condemn or chastise anybody for that. Certainly, we've all been there. But measures of fasting are imperative for us to to yield ourselves to God for the entrance into the new. And that's the explanation for why Jesus said what he said there. He also spoke about fasting in other ways. Uh, when he talked about entering into your closet, when you fast, you go in there before the Father. You go into that place where your treasure is. And we talked about that regarding the, the thesaurus. And don't be like the Pharisees that do it out in front of everybody and let people applaud them. But you do it so that the Father which sees in secret will see that in the crypto area where God is looking at the essence of who you are. And there he, there he commissions you to go forward. So those are the two main areas of Jesus' teachings on fasting. You're doing it before the Father for him to evaluate where you are and for you to submit to him. And you do it in conjunction with being promoted and going into the new and to be able to participate in the harvest, those things. And um, I, I know that we're in this place right now. And I know that, I know it's Thanksgiving week. We need to be filling this week with giving thanks to the Lord. We need to rejoice in the Lord this week and, and truly 
express to him our our appreciation and our gratitude for the blessings he has given us and you are a blessed people every one of us are and again thanksgiving is the foundation of breakthrough thanksgiving is the foundation of growth thanksgiving is the foundation of praise if you don't have that foundation of thanksgiving you're not going to be able to build on anything in god so let this be a culminative point of giving thanks to the Lord. We're rejoicing with the Lord. He's brought us to this point. But get ready, because God is going to be asking for us and our network <clears throat> to be fasting in many different ways so that we enter into this season of which we've known. We've talked about breakthrough. We know that it's before us. We see it. Um, and uh, but we've got to we've got to now get ready for it. You don't get ready for it before the Lord says to get ready for it. But He's saying you got to get ready for it. Uh, I was privileged. I went home last week and I said, "Well, this is really an indication of the international ministry that God has given to all of us." Um, I think it was Thursday. I had two long conversations with Brazil. I had a lot of interaction with France. And I had a conversation with Pastor Faladin to talk about what's been going on in Western Africa. And we also talked about one of our brothers, Pastor William, who we met in Uganda, who's now living in Canada. And I thought, I got home and I thought, man, this whole day I've been in other countries. But that's not me, that's, that's all of us. And, uh, but I was talking to Pastor Faladin, I was asking him about that 21-day fast that they had done, and he said, well, that, that's part of really a hundred days of fasting that we, we organized throughout West Africa every year. And he told me how they, they did that. And, and, he, and I said, well, why did, you, why did you feel that that was what God was asking you to do? I know if he says to do it, obey. But after you've done it, he said they'd done it for decades. And... Um, he said, well, we have a lot of ministries in West Africa uh, and the occult and the demonic uh, witch doctors, and they, they come against the churches, and they come against the, the ministers who are ministering in the streets, and they do it openly in a lot of ways. And that doesn't stop us from going, but the main reason that we started fasting was so that we would hear from God and that he would protect us. And when he said that, I just, I, I thought, oh, okay. I, I knew right then that God had used the words of that brother to say, you better get ready because you're, you're, we're already battling real, real warfare positionings um, as we're ready to launch into uh, this new year and uh, we need to we need to engage the fast before the Lord because we need we need these garments we need the measures of authority it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing like when we first started traveling overseas and we were we were learning weren't we we were learning a lot of things things that we'd never encountered God was giving us insight as to 
what we were doing when we prayed, why we were warring in this way, why we were encountering this thing uh, and that thing in, in our intercession, and God was showing us things in the Word. But one of the things that I noticed was that in my prayer times, when the Spirit would take me into a place where I knew it was a battlefield or there were contents, uh, contendings for uh, our being there representing the kingdom. And many times you would even see just legions, I borrow that King James word, legions of enemy forces. And it was like a theatron where they were there to see what, what our intercession, what, what I was up to because I'm just viewing it through my eyes. And I can say on more than one occasion, on many more than one occasion, whatever the, how do I say this? I don't want to gratify the enemy. Whatever the leaders of those demonic groups would be, they would come and, and I could feel them either trying to assess the garment I was wearing or trying to ex to assess the, what my breastplate was doing, and I could feel a pull on it, or they would assess most of the time the the two angels that were with me, which is usually there when you're presenting some kind of a a pronouncement as an ambassador that this field of operation is now being targeted by the kingdom, and his kingdom is coming. It's interesting how God does that. He always, he always declares things. Yeah, I mean, look at that. If, if, if you don't believe that, then why do we believe in the prophetic? I mean, there has to be a, everything begins with a voice. Haven't we heard that before? And so, but the garments and the accoutrements that we are adorned with to represent the Lord are something that's very real in the spirit realm. And the, the point for us, though, is, are we willing to fast so that God can adorn us with those things? And, of course, under it all is the garment of humility, that, that sha'al, that linen. That's the essence upon which everything else is put. And, um, you know, God commissions that. But it is your rite of passage. It is your, it is your, uh, your visa of operation in the spirit realm, and it is... That's the, remember, the two things that are operative in any measure of the spirit realm are your relationship with God, which then accentuates um, what he's going to tell you to do and direct you, and the authority that God gives you. Those two things. That is, no matter where you are, that's, that's what you have to have, relationship with the Lord, and know that you're there on behalf of him. He has sent you there. Because if you just go out and just do shoot your authority out all over the place, you're like those Russian militia units that only get into trouble, and you'll end up being tried for war crimes. But if you're functioning on behalf of the army of the Lord, you're bold in that. Trust me, you'll have enough to do. But you, you've got to be patient. You've got to wait for the commander to give it. The goodly horse in battle waits. So that garment is, is not just, man, I've... I've, I've been needing some new clothes. That garment is, is, is a weapon for you. But it sets the stage then for the harvest. So you can't go based upon what you wore 
in the last two wars. That looks weird. It looks out of place. And it, it won't do you any good. And you can't say, well, this is the way we had the harvest then, and we're just going to do the same thing. Those wine sacks are going to burst open. So you can't have that either. But fasting prepares the way for that. Fasting does things. Uh, and so often we, we associate us as being the wineskin. You're the temple. You're the tabernacle. Where would the wineskins be? Over where the fields of harvest are. And we need to be fasting so that those people over there will be prepared for what God's doing. Do you know how many, it's like what we talked about last week, where, you know, the scripture talks about, you know, a great and effectual door is open unto me and there are many adversaries. Do you know how many, um, how many attacks the enemy is trying to lodge against our allies in their point of positioning, their I? Do you realize how that's going on right now? How, how many times have we seen Kami uh, attacks in our history, in, in our own view? And have we watched people being taken out? Usually it's some kind of a vulnerability, some kind of iniquity, which is a Balaam strategy. The scripture talks about his iniquity that made then that vulnerability for the enemy to bring some ulterior doctrine. And that vulnerability could be pride. It could be the desire for money and influence. It could be some familial type of control. It could be, um, it could be it, 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 jealousies. It could be competition. That all of those things, if you don't think that happens in churches, it happens all the time in churches, and all of those pastors deal with that. And since God's opened the door to pastors down there, which is another remarkable thing, uh, we need to really be praying that those wineskins will be ready because that's the field of harvest. That's what God is opening. So the garments really have to deal with us. The wineskins for that new wine has to do where God is sending us. And we're, we're going in there apostolically, but they're going to be the indigenous ones that have to manage those fields. I mean, they may, like what used to happen when we first go in, people would say, oh, don't leave us, stay here, send teams in to be with us. And God's saying, you're the voice of the one in this wilderness. You need to take a stand. We can't be here babying you. After a while, you had to just speak that candidly with them. And, you know, on the one hand, it's great that they wanted us there. But on the other hand, we recognize that the indigenous people that God has planted there, that he gave his cross for them to establish the esteme, for them to learn how to move in those three factors that we talked about on Wednesday Night Live, where they assumed their responsibility in Cami, where they assumed what God had called them to be in the Tetheme, and where they then began to access the deposits in the spirit realm, in the histemi. Those are the three cores for any kind of society, according to the Greeks. And God used those terms to speak about how the kingdom will grow. So we have to believe that people there are accepting responsibility, that they're allowing God to work in them, and so that the histemi of the new wine will overflow. How those wine sacks happen in them 
it, it's 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 a it's a it's a tapestry of meaning but we fast so that we'll be ready and we fast so that they'll be ready and we fast that as we're ready let God arise and the enemies be scattered so I'm just giving you fair warning that we need to give thanks and rejoice this week and this holiday season is there I don't know if God's going to call us to specific types of fasting in in December I'm, I'm waiting on those directives but we're going to be doing a lot of different fasts over these next months why because first of all the Lord's shown us the principle secondly we see how necessary it is for what this breakthrough is we need to be positioned before the Father that the, the meek inherit the earth. We want to be meek before the Lord. We desperately need that. And, um, and Jesus, in saying that in the Beatitudes, was really saying, you want to be an influence in the earth? You want to move from nation to nation as my disciples? You want to preach the gospel of the kingdom in these places? Well, you've got to be meek. Only the meek will be distributing the inheritance of the kingdom in these nations and that comes through fasting it just comes through fasting that's the fellowship table where meekness is is evaluated and adjusted before the father and and so we we need this and we need to be doing it for the places God is leading us to uh, so I don't know what all is going to be happening, but I can imagine that over these next, at least through, I, I don't know how long, but it's going to be a continual diet of fasting. Well, that's, that's a nice oxymoron, isn't it? It's, it's going to be a continual pursuit of this for the Lord. And, um, but that's Jesus' teaching on fasting. We don't do it to be seen of people or to demonstrate in our attempt to show everybody how holy we are. We're in the secret place before the Father, and we are being outfitted for what is coming with garments of a new way, garments of new authority, garments of new representation. And, you know, we've talked about this. Uh, in the military... I mean, if you go into a new theater of operation that's different in climate to where you've been, or maybe you're going into a place where certain kinds of warfare might be demanded upon you, you're going to dress accordingly. You just are. I mean, you don't, if you're going to be in the jungle, you don't wear dress whites. I mean, you're going to stick out like a bull in a china shop. You dress in some kind of fatigue that blends in. That's why so many of our soldiers during the Gulf Wars were dressed in that that khaki color because again I don't know how well it blends in with the sand but you know you don't you don't wear something that's gonna stand out for a clash like Robin Williams said in Good Morning Vietnam if you're gonna have a clash dress like it I mean you don't you don't do that and so only God knows what we need to be uh, attired in for the field of operation we're going into but we need those new garments 
We don't wheel out World War I outfits just because it was the war to end our worlds. How did that work out? Um, we, we dress accordingly to what the Lord wants, and that's the garments. Um, but we really need to be bathing this field of operation. Um, and not just South America. Other doors are open. How long have we prayed for Eastern Europe? We were praying before that, before Ukraine started doing what they were doing. Uh, how, how much have we believed for England and for Australia? Do you know how close we came to going into Australia? I remember Paul and I had, we were ministering at a conference in the south of France. And it was a weird time because basically it was one of those times where we, we went in there and we were, I was supposed to speak on a couple of topics and basically the other speakers just bowed out and we had the whole thing, which was really odd. I felt kind of weird at the time, but then I see what God was doing. But there was a whole group of pastors from Australia that were there and God moved powerfully in them. They were all assembly of God, mind you. And they, they, God moved powerfully. We started making plans to go into the north of Australia and, and, uh, in, and down into Sydney. And, you know, we talked to these guys, and we were ready to do it. We, we, we knew that God had arranged this. But then I knew that they needed to go back, and they needed to be serious about the invitation. And so I wrote to them you know, an email. Email was just coming along at that point. And I even had a phone call with one of them. And I said, look, we don't want to write anything in the calendar until you and your people have prayed, and then you make the decision whether you want us to come. We were still in right standing with the brethren at that point, so there wasn't any issue. And that never materialized. It just flat didn't happen, and I'm still baffled by that. So things like that happen. I mean, you, there are other areas of the world where you knew it was just time for us to go and God said no I remember when we were making plans to go into Pakistan before all the craziness happened where the Arab Spring rose up we sent lots of materials there but we just want to be where the Lord wants us and but I know that there are other doors that are going to be opening internationally where we've not gone before you know the other night I woke up in the middle of the night and the Lord said you need to really be ready for the apostolic calling God's put, I put on this church. And I knew what that meant immediately, that there were a lot of new places that we were going to have to go and speak the word because that's the pattern. Um, but we need to be ready for this, and fasting is the way we get ready. What did we think this breakthrough meant? What did we think breakthrough's coming, you know? What, what did we think that meant? So we've got to be ready. So, again, second time, fair warning, uh, thanks this week. Give thanks. This season of the blessing of the Lord, let's, let's embrace it through the end of this year. But just there may be some kind of fast that God calls for us in these intervening weeks. But just know that he's going to be laying out this progression. And the reason is it's his principle and we recognize the need for his garments, and we recognize the need for the harvest field to be readied. Amen? Does that make sense? 
So I speak blessing over you, and I, I know that God's favor is with you, even with the challenges that so many of you have faced. God is giving you victory, and you've known incredible blessings. Just think about how God has blessed you. So often we miss the amazing blessing that God has given because not everything is right. Not, this is wrong over here, or this is nagging, or, or, or this, is, this is a problem. But, but you're, you're viewing those irritations from a great blessing God has given you. We need to focus on the blessing and give thanks to Him because that drives out the problems. That if thanksgiving is a measure of spiritual warfare. It really is. I remember when God was pouring out His blessing here when we first started praying. And I'm looking at the clock. We're still early. Um, I remember when we first started praying that the glory of the Lord in that honeymoon season was so dynamic. But we were fighting all the time in the spirit realm. I mean, all day and night, there would be people here just warring in the spirit realm. Why? Because the enemy did not want to relinquish this systeme. He just did not. You know that. You were here. Many of you swung many a sword in battle during those time frames. You know what I'm talking about. And, you know, when we get a blessing from the Lord, when a beachhead of his blessing is established, there are lots of influences where the enemy roams around seeking for a way in. Thanksgiving will drive him out. You need to give thanks to the Lord and let that overwhelm the enemy. If you start griping and complaining and being bitter in the midst of your blessing, well, just come on in, enemy, and we're giving you a seat at the table right over here. You'll foul up the blessing of the Lord. Don't think just because you've got a dollop of blessing, divine blessing on you, that that's all she wrote. The enemy's going to try every way he can to infiltrate that. And you're going to have to stand. When you've done all to stand, stand, therefore, and establish that platform of thanks. That's what we have to do. So give thanks to the Lord. Yeah, maybe not everything is exactly the way you want it to be. Maybe you're still believing for breakthrough. Well, keep on believing. Don't sour the punch with bitterness. Be what God wants you to be and give thanks. So let's do that. I, I, I can't emphasize Katie's word about exuberance again. I can't emphasize that enough. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Remember that, that root of rejoicing that God talked about about a month ago, that carving, that, let it be a brand upon us. The, car, the root of joy in the New Testament is that engraving, that etching. Let that be the mark. Let that be the seal of the Lord upon us. And the enemy's doing his very best to put a mark of the beast using that same word on people. And uh, in fairness, he's doing a pretty good job of it. Idgits are following that like droves. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. And I can use that term because it's in the Bible. Idiotus. I just pronounced it like a Texan. Idgit. Uh, so let's, let's be wise and let's rejoice and let's get ready because new garments and new wine is here. And um, 
This is God's principle. So, Father, I thank you for the testimonies that were given today and for the rejoicing that is, uh, is just plentiful around us. I thank you for the way you're blessing your people. And I thank you for the way that you're bringing lasting solutions to your people. I thank you for the overflow of healing and restoration that's upon your people. I thank you for the financial blessing that's upon your people and promotion that's upon your people. And let us have a strong dollop of wisdom in the midst of that, that we don't squander what you're giving us, but let us rejoice in you. Thank you for this. But let us be ready. We have an ear. Let us hear what your Spirit is saying. Let us apply what your Spirit is saying. I thank you for this week of thanksgiving. I ask that upon every gathering, every personal time of commune with you, that we would enjoy your presence and treasure you and bless the Lord in every dimension of our soul and all that is within us. I speak blessing over every household. I speak blessing over every church. I speak your blessing over every point that the Spirit has identified for this message of the kingdom to be sown into. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for keeping us. And thank you for what you have in store. Bless this day. Thanks for allowing us to be here. We ask it all for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and in his name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all for joining us across the miles. And thanks, everybody, for being here. Have a wonderful day on Thanksgiving, and we'll see you this coming Sunday. Adios, amigos.